0: <laughs> Recipe for that written up. Awesome. Bon bon ton. I want to eat Nutria. What? what? <laughs> I feel like I should eat Nutria while we're in New Orleans.
1: Like, like,
0: like, like we're... swamp you rat. Know
2: that's not like. Nut- uh, every time you say that, I'm thinking of Nutella. No Nutria. You want to eat a rat? Swamp rat. The vegetarian of the group says, I want to eat a rat.
0: It's good for the environment. Just kill it. You
2: don't have to eat it.
0: Just kill it. (laughs) Give it to your dog. I guess if I want to kill it, I still shouldn't eat it. That's the same thing. Well, will you kill it? Oh, probably not. Then no. But it's on the list of eight of the tastiest invasive species. I'd I'd try it. (laughs) I would not. (laughs) I would eat gator. Oh. Uh, I'll eat gator. Have you had gator before? Mm, yeah, I had yeah. gator when I lived in Florida. Good. It is good. I like gator. Mm-hmm, me too. Mm. Oh, these are plants. Oh no, they're not.
1: Nutra. I'd I'd eat a nutra before I would eat a bug.
0: Wild boar, giant cannibal shrimp. That's a thing. Mm. Fun. I bet they taste good. The Asian tiger shrimp. Mm. Anyway, uh,
1: my brother had um lion. which is an invasive species Mm -hmm. he said it was delicious there's a chef over in Birmingham that's been cooking them that he said was like so good
0: the only thing I remember about lionfish is from that um, naked gun where like there's a part where, where Leslie Nielsen is like in somebody's office and he is like the lionfish is like the guy's special aquarium fish and it's like unique and tropical and you can't get them you have to pay thousands of dollars for them And somehow he accidentally spears it with a pen and (laughs) kills it. And he's like, got his hand in the aquarium, trying to like get the lionfish off the pen. The only thing I know about lionfish. Oh my god! My story.
2: It's a great story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Makes me think of what is that show? New show, Succession. It just shows the ridiculousness of the wealthy.
1: Okay, I can't watch those shows. Yeah, I get pissed off as much.
2: One of them is one episode. One of the he's become he became part of the rich family he didn't grow up rich like they did mm-hmm. and he married into it and so he tries really really hard to be so like upper class and he takes this other kid who's not of the upper class to a restaurant and they eat a songbird but they have to wear a yeah it was like those places that serve like illegal
0: oh my god <laughs> but they, have to wear...
2: they have to cover their heads with a napkin and eat it in shame because they're eating it <laughs> 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 oh my god! And it's so ridiculous. He's like, "Oh, it's so good!" And like the kid he brought is it, like, "This is horrible. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is what the wealthy do. They just like, oh my god, they That's covered awful. their head with this next level. and
0: ate a songbird. Wow. Yeah.
2: Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> just everything you. of that.
0: There you go. Illegal game. Shit. I've seen some extravagance. Some some. <laughs> Oh, that's right. (laughs) Marleya went to like an RV expo. Yes. I went to the RV (laughs) expo in Atlanta and it was uh, eye opening. Like I've I've been camping with friends who have like an A-line, a little tiny camper. And so we all kind of look around at all these other camps, campers in the campgrounds and wonder what they're like inside and stuff. And so I was like, I finally get to go inside these. And it is fucking insane. They've got fireplaces and like multiple bathrooms multiple bedrooms chandeliers she's like jesus christ (laughs) wow how much and like up to like four hundred twenty thousand dollars
1: right like multiple times the price of our houses and places that we could even could not even like why why? I know,
0: what do you get ultimately? What do you get off of that? Like, it's not, you can't really hand it down to your children. I mean, it'll be obsolete at right? the time.
1: Oh my God. Just uh, imagine like the insurance on those things. It'd be like, like insurance mm. for a house, but well, much more because you're taking it, moves. it <laughs> on the highway with idiots. And like, you know, I would dare say you would be an idiot for buying one. So Courtney's making a face. Sorry, about I've her been drink. into
2: like a bitter um, uh, orange. I think it was a piece of lime pulp. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell
0: yeah. us about this.
2: First off, you didn't say hello. I got to go back and start oh this God. again.
1: <laughs>
0: Hi, Marlea. Hi, <laughs> Hi Courtney. Hey, Courtney. Hi, everybody. How are you supposed we're, to know we're here? We're, we we're so we're bad.
1: Talking. We're so bad at our own <laughs> podcast. I think people kind of realized this. Was? <laughs> I was like, are we recording?
2: Okay, we are, I think, because we're talking about weekend things and now. Yes. I'm lost and my beads are over there I've been throwing beads you know yes yeah, so we've Gros been Gros having agents. our own I wouldn't
1: throw them but so I don't think I and we've been practicing should. saying the laissez bon roule. roulet laissez les bon temps okay brûlée. we fucked it up <laughs> by we <weed. laughs> speaking in the royal
0: we here no, I don't even try that
1: time uh, it was a laissez les bon temps laissez brûlée. les bon I got the laissez mm-hmm. the bon temps and the roule. let
2: the good times roll yes I think that we've done this before but after how many years of doing this now four, four and years plus i'm pretty sure one of the one of my early drinks was
1: hurricane oh yeah i think so for sure but
2: i think i had a pat o'brien's mix somehow you, yeah i did
1: yeah um, i Patrice think so too members yeah well, i don't remember because sure. we talked about pedos and yes mm-hmm. infamy so behind we, <laughs> the franchise I,
2: even though i've done that i thought we would try again
1: because we're about
2: to go to new orleans
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the this first time in my like <laughs> life going to Mardi Gras or Mardi Gras season
2: <laughs> so we're doing a hurricane today yes. and um but it's made uh not with a mix and it's not nearly as red no
1: as it's not it's like runs. a
2: pretty orange it's, it's like,
1: very yeah, pretty it's like Blush. Looks like a
2: yeah, like a tequila sunrise or mm-hmm. a sex on the beach kind of look, an orangey. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it has the main ingredient. I didn't know. I was like, when I when I thought about doing this, thought, what the hell's in a hurricane? I just know they're usually bright red, very sweet and strong. Mm-hmm. Like that's all I know. But it's passion fruit juice is the main juice mm-hmm. in it. So passion fruit juice, lime juice, a little bit of orange juice. Grenadine, and we mix it up a little bit and have a strawberry grenadine in it, yes. which I think is a good flavor. I Just like strawberry. Yeah, it's good. Some simple syrup and garnish. Oh, wait, the alcohol part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Four ounces of rum per drink, which is two white and two
1: gold rum, which is two like- ounces of each why like you pay the big bucks yeah. mm-hmm. you know, for them and you keep drinking them and then things happen that you don't expect.
2: <laughs> well, what we just realized when I made this, so I have hurricane glasses and they're three different sizes. There's mm. a very large one, a medium one, and a smaller one from different restaurants. But the largest one is from the famous Pat O'Brien's in New Orleans. yeah, Which I drank out of that glass in New Orleans. Nice. <laughs> and when I made this one drink to put in there, it only filled half of that glass. <laughs> so that means that if you're getting hurricanes at Pat O'Brien's, I'm thinking it's a double.
1: Yeah. Right. For sure. Which is
2: if they go by that recipe, which I doubt they do, I doubt eight they do but eight yeah. ounces of liquor in a drink. But they're really strong. So I don't know. I oh, can't vouch no. for how much is in a hurricane at they Pat
1: They may O'Brien. get like some really cheap Ass roam. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think just, they do. Yeah, I mean,
0: why wouldn't you really? And I mean, because like bar it's hard to drink mixy.
1: like one mm-hmm. hurricane and not be just like
0: yeah, crawling
1: on the Two floor. Is- drop
2: Two. three is you don't know what happened yeah three is you get
1: kicked out
2: it's huge right you saw no, it no, no. No, no, no. yeah so when i got these out i thought oh no that small one is going to be too small for the drink and actually it's the perfect size. yeah it, it was it was perfect. the right size. the medium like, is a little full. too big and then the paddle bronze is only half of a <laughs> half
1: <laughs> <whole>. <laughs> so, it's like the goldilocks of uh
0: uh, drinks yeah. here. I yeah. got a baby I got I got
1: Papa Bear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mine is from Captain Anderson's restaurant and marina in Panama in City Panama Beach. City. God, I'm wanting seafood so yeah, bad right uh, now. That's a
2: good restaurant. I don't know if it's still there, but I used to go there a lot in my early 20s. It was
0: yeah, the fancy
2: place where when you'd go out, we'd be like, we're going to Captain Anderson's on Saturday night. <laughs> <Captain> yeah.
0: <laughs> I, um, yeah, I've um yeah, i been wanting seafood too because Patrice has been sending us all these restaurant links for all these <sighs> like. Amazing looking restaurants. So, yes. yeah, we're going to hit it. We're going to do some.
1: Definitely. That's where all my money's going. And be like, I don't know, we're right. going to survive on the rest of them. <laughs> I
0: know, exactly. <laughs> but I'm going to eat it. all
1: this
2: weekend. I have been not going out to eat. I've only been out twice in two weeks. Well, not counting my mom yesterday, but she paid for that.
1: <laughs> there you go. Thanks, mom. <laughs> to
2: save up for this. Yes. And that's what I'm going to do the rest of the week. I meal prep today, thinking, all right, I need my lunches. And dinner's ready yeah. at home. Because you Friday, get, and then we're going to blow it out.
0: Yeah, I was <laughs> say, you got a Friday to look forward to. It's easier <laughs> to do it when you know like the weekend is going to Especially be...
2: since it's a Monday through Thursday work week. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, we're done after Thursday. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can make it. Plus, I work late shift tomorrow. So I don't have to be at work till noon. Maybe nice. I'll have two hurricanes.
1: Hurricane,
2: right? <laughs> so, les bon temps rouler. Yeah, les ailes, bon temps, bon You did it.
0: Is this? Uh, I didn't. Have we got other other? Uh, well, pre- we're
2: looking at the shirts. Like I don't know how they can't say this because Patrice just gave us these beautiful custom shirts that she made. Uh, I think you can also get on yeah,
0: our store. Yeah, ours are a little more custom because <laughs> yeah. theirs don't have our names. On yeah, them. ours have our names on them that Patrice put. But she designed a great <laughs> Mardi Gras shirt that you can go to the store on thestraightsouth dot com and order in, like, a billion different color combinations. Whatever yes. strikes your fancy Whatever. It's really cool.
1: Yes, yeah, so and you can get them in black and white, or you can get them in the colors, because, like I was telling Marleya, the colors of, like, and there's meaning behind the colors mm-hmm. for Mardi Gras, so I don't know what they are. I should have pulled that up. Purple but like, is
2: for royalty. Royalty yeah.
1: is, like, you know, gold or yellow for sunshiny people
2: <laughs> i don't think that's it but maybe
1: treasure <laughs> yeah well something and- like well <laughs> and then purple well we always said purple and then green, green. is for greener pastures <laughs> <laughs> i don't
2: fucking know but those are the mardi gras but those are the, so but I, purple golden green yeah. i tamped
1: them down a little bit so they weren't so like bright but We got them in the jerseys that you can get, and there was like a Kelly green jersey that's very pretty. But if you're totally like me and love like the black and white and grays, we got you. Um, You can get the same design, so you can be like low key goth in (laughs) your, you know, celebration of Mardi Gras, New Orleans.
2: I love this shirt. So we've got like the baseball tees, and it's personalized for the birthday trip oh listen <laughs>
0: love it no this is not what i expected that yeah it's, in 1872 <laughs> rex the king of carnival proclaimed the official colors of mardi gras to be purple green and gold i know this is just off the internet so this could be completely made up rex assigned a meaning to the colors in his 1892 parade titled symbolism and colors purple represents justice Green stands for faith and gold signifies power. Yeah, that's what I
1: read. That's why I was like making them up because
0: the original <laughs> ones didn't make sense.
1: Well, traditionally, purple means royalty. Exactly.
2: And gold the kings means. Kings and queens of Monte Gold.
1: And green means. Money. Money. <laughs> we got any more pre show? I have no more pre show other than I am so excited, everyone. And hopefully, this will probably come out after we get back and, and have all the things but hopefully you've looked at our instagrams and we've actually done social media during our new orleans
0: yeah we're going to why I'm do you got to raise people's hopes like that <laughs> so i could dash
1: them and have them highly disappointed and being like where the fuck the things that they said that they were going to do i'll do some facebook live that's easy yeah. <laughs> exactly all righty we done all that i think so i think Should we're we ready stop and to start? Let's, home let's do that
0: do you want more strange south every week we can help you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and you can join our facebook fan group fans of the strange south podcast to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there! (laughs)
2: Ready? <laughs> Hi, we're back. We're back. From not talking about scary things. <laughs> and needles. And no, stuff. she said it. <laughs> we weren't talking about that. No.
1: All right. The so moth story begins on a Monday, Ooh. the worst day, mm. December 16th, 1811. So, a 21 year old man named William Lee Pierce was on a flat bottom boat navigating the Mississippi River around Arkansas and Tennessee. And they he was with like from what I can from what I've read, it seemed like he was with a company that was transporting goods from that area down to New Orleans. So that's like Memphis area. Yeah, maybe a little bit above, a little bit north of Memphis. Okay. Um so flat bottom boats were tethered to each other. So they had like, you know, kind of a, a train going down. And the reason they had flat bottom boats is so they could navigate the water and like not get stuck on a sandbar or the trees or whatever that was in the river and slow down like any boats that followed them. And nowadays we have barges. So if you ever seen like a river barge, just kind of the same thing as like a huge boat, but they're pretty flat and shallow so that they can carry all the things down the river without getting stuck. One of his other jobs, I believe, was to protect like the supplies against river pirates or uh, in the indigenous people at the time who were in the area and uh, a little bit more than pissed off at the U.S. government trying to take their homes. So that morning of the 16th, Pierce was on the boat asleep when about 2 a.m. everybody woke up to a violent and convulsive rocking of the boats. And this was accompanied by a noise similar to, like, them running aground of a sandbar. Mm. I didn't really know what the fuck was going on. And he first thought that somebody had come and, like, loosened the cables and untethered them. And they were just floated off into the river, into a sandbar. But they were kind of, like, tethered to the side of the river at the time. But when they got up on the deck, they discovered that, you know, they were all still, like, secured. They were still moored to the side um, of the bank. And Pierce wrote in his story that at this point, his brain automatically went to the word earthquake. Oh. It was shortly after he thought this that a second shock and then two others were like right after that continued on for like eight minutes. So Dang. a few spots from where they had camped or where they were set up, uh, this huge, large oak snapped in half and fell onto the riverbank side there. And trees all around them were shaking, and it sounded like, he said the sound of it was like when you have a severe wind come through a forest, and all the leaves break, and you hear like trees falling and stuff. It was all of that sound, but with no wind, and at 3 a.m. in the morning, so it was dark, Hmm. and they couldn't really see, and they were hearing all of this really horrible sounds. So they decided to stay put, and instead of getting back into the river and navigating through these obstructions, these trees falling into the river, that they would just kind of like, you know, stay awake and stay put and make sure everybody was okay. So then the sun came up, and they went to shore, and they examined what happened, what were the effects of the shocks that they were hearing all through the night. And he said that the earth from about 20 feet from the water's edge opened up, and there was like this deep crack and he's like luckily nobody was injured but they wanted to move away from that area from the landing where that they were and once they got going all of a sudden a fifth shaking occurred that was more severe than the first couple and Pierce described this uh described them as being extremely lucky his words were it was indeed most providential Because if they had stayed on the bank where they were looking around at all the things, moments ago, they would have been killed because that whole plot came loose and plunged into the water, including trees from the forest right past. And he said it would have smashed them to bits. So with the daylight, they could see the destruction of the first few shocks in the area. And he said it looked like a war zone on the opposite shore. The river banks had fallen into the river uh, on the other side, and Pierce says that where the veins of the earthquake ran, there was the volcanic discharge of combustible matter to great heights, Whoa. an incessant rumbling that was heard below, and the bed of the river was excessively agitated while the water assumed a turbid and boiling appearance. Near our boat, a spout of confined air breaking its way through the water burst forth. And from a loud report, discharged mud sticks, et cetera, from the river's bed, at least 30 feet above the surface. So this is on the Mississippi River. And if you've ever like looked at the Mississippi River, it's not a small river. It is extremely wide. And all of this is happening around their flat bottom boats. And so these spoutings of, like, things being dredged up and shot into the air from the river were, like, very frequent and in many places seemed to, like, rise all the b- way up into the heavens. Large trees, which had lain for ages at the bottom of the river, were shot up, like, thousands Ooh. of times from the river's bottom, um, with uh, some of them with their roots coming up first and then the tops of the trees coming up completely out of the water. And hurled into the air. And y'all, this sounds like the craziest. They were
2: coming from the bottom of the water coming up. Because the earthquake was still going on.
1: Yes. And so this sounds like the craziest of like Disney rides. Like you would expect like this coming up, like things shot in an air coming up. And then an elephant. Um, And then an elephant, right? But this would be introducing the new Madrid earthquake of 1811 and 1812. So this is what was happening on the river during the time of of that earthquake. The New Madrid earthquakes of 1811, 1812 were a series of powerful seismic events that struck the central U.S., causing widespread destruction and loss of life. And this is uh, William Pierce's personal accounting of it in a book that's called something like (laughs) Earthquakes happening in the central US. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. I don't remember what it exactly it was called. So, many of the trees like once they came up from the bottom and of course they're falling into the river itself, um they started just floating uh you know, down the river which made like traveling in boats extremely dangerous. Pierce was basically thinking they're all going to die at this point. Um and a lot of them a lot of the people that he was with, he's like, we just stood there in silence because they were in complete shock of like all of this explosion and chaos going on around them while they were witnessing a scene that he said defied description and the imagination. And he's like, I, c- I can't even explain to you or describe it to you in a way that would really make you comprehend just how like extremely fucked up this was. That was his words exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the earth, the river, and everything was torn with like this furious convulsion, like huge tracks of land. <laughs> anyway, huge <laughs> trenches in the earth and uh, would just like open up and then they would just just as quickly close up really quick, like, oh. like this great mall. So it's like it was very active. It's like it wasn't like a once and done. It was like things were opening up and then they were closing and then they were disappearing and then they were falling and then they were exploding all uh-huh. around. And it was basically like hell came to earth. He wrote, Nature itself seemed tottering on the verge of disillusion. He also wrote that if it wasn't for them being manly men like they were, <laughs> they would be dead. But I just figured they got lucky. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I
0: don't think it had anything to do with
1: that. Exactly. So throughout the day. There was like this continuation of shots um, with very little breaks in between, and they were often like accompanied by mini explosions and sounded like rolling thunder. So, you know, it was everything was shaking and boiling and there was just this constant sound of things breaking and thunder and explosions the riverbed was consistently disturbed and the water boiled in many places and it would just like vomit up all of the stuff from the bottom of the river. Pierce thought like the greatest danger to them was their boats getting caught up in one of these boiling water things. Um, and they had a few close calls of instances that would he said, like have sucked their craft underneath the waters. The noise was absolutely nonstop. Trees were constantly shaking and falling off the banks into the river several small islands were completely like disappeared and wiped out and they were trying to find at this point a place to land and get away from everything like how much time has passed so th- a day a whole so at day? this point like a day yeah so they i think they were just navigating the river trying to make sure that they didn't go over like one of these eruptions boiling mm-hmm. up from the bottom and trying to find a stable place to land and he said finally He found um, he said these, you know, these small islands were being wiped out and they finally found like this bigger island that had like some problems going on. Like it was affected by the earthquake, but it was still there. So they fastened their boats to these willows and they actually stayed there for like two or three days. At this point, the island had like gaps and large he said large amounts of like burnt or burning wood. And he said there were like chunks of coal that had been scattered around the island that were like 15 to 20 pounds big. They saw on the beach when they were looking from the island that there were also like these large circular holes in the sand that formed much like funnels or like mini volcanoes. Volcanoes. And he talked about, you know, these large fissures or large holes in the ground that opened up even on the island. But apparently the island was big enough that um, they felt somewhat safe staying there because they stayed there for two or three days while all of this continued um it didn't just like it wasn't like a one and done it continued for several days so on thursday the 19th they've been there since monday all of this yeah had happened since monday they left the island and they floated down the river pierce said that everything was like a scene of ruin and devastation where the Mississippi River used to be like calm and placid, and it's fucking huge. Y'all take a look at the Mississippi River to see how big it is. Hmm. He said there were subterranean forests now underneath the river, hmm. and that the trees would like, top of the trees would break the surface, causing like ripples and um, white water mm-hmm. in the river itself. He said they passed thousands of acres of land that had fallen into the river. He said, and, and where this happened, there would be like this one single tree standing in about 10 feet of water looking like it has like been there its home, whole life. Like hmm. he said, there would be like this huge oak that would be like three feet in diameter. It would just be in the middle of the river standing up like that's where it was supposed to be. And that's where it's grown its home life. It's like it was a very surreal experience. Hmm. After this, there were more aftershocks. And. He saw the ground on the land like undulate like a wave without breaking on on the surface. He says there was trash all in the river. And he spoke of how many people probably wrecked or were buried under the ruins of the banks that fell into the river at this time. And he knew of at the time that four boats of, I don't know if theirs or just boats that he knew of were lost. Again, at that time, he really couldn't say where the greatest of injury happened because he was he was there on the river. So he doesn't know really much of what happened other places outside of where he was. I try to pin down where he's like where exactly when this happened, he was situated on the Mississippi. He said something about like a little bayou river. He was like they were just north of the little bayou river, like 30 miles north or south of the Little Bayou. I couldn't find this. Of course, I didn't spend that much time. I'm wanting to think they were in 100 miles of the um, New Madrid, Missouri, the town of New Madrid, Missouri, Hmm. on the Mississippi. So, that is his account um, of what happened to them on the rivers. The New Madrid earthquake, or earthquakes, I should say, were the largest in U.S. history with over 2,000 quakes in the central Midwest between December 16th, 1811, to March 1812. Oh, shit. So this was an extremely long seismic event. Three of the earthquakes, like the main earthquakes that happened, were on the, are on the list of America's top earthquakes. The first one, the December 16th, which Pierce um, went through on the river, had a magnitude of 8.1 on the Richter scale. Oh, geez. The second on January 23rd of 1812 was 7.8. And then on February 6th, sorry, February 7th, February 6th, my birthday. <laughs> February 7th, the day after my birthday, was the largest one, and it was an 8.8. Jeez. All of this happened months and months. They had like aftershocks, and then they had like these really bad earthquakes in between for you know these 3 or 4 months it said that they had between 6000 to 10000 aftershocks in the New Madrid area near the Ohio and Mississippi River junction the earthquakes were also actually felt uh, as far as New York City Boston Montreal Washington DC wow. even in the White House President James Madison and his wife Dolly recalled feeling the shocks mm. from the earthquakes and it made the church bells ring in boston mm-hmm. so that is like how far the yeah, rep- 8.9 is like massive it's massive so no other earthquakes have lasted so long or produced as much evidence of damage as the new madrid earthquakes mm. on february 7th the earthquake um a boatman reported uh that the mississippi actually ran backwards for several hours from that last really huge earthquake holy cow the force of the land it upheaved 15 miles south i mean that was probably like that big upheaval is probably what caused the mississippi to run backwards mm-hmm. but 15 miles south of new madrid um it created a whole new lake called realfoot lake which is still there today and if you look at The Mississippi River around the New Madrid fault area, New Madrid, uh, Missouri. It's totally, it looks like squiggle marks. Like it totally rearranged that whole area typographically, topographically. Typographically. <laughs> All right. So
2: I guess so, they had to guess about the Richter scale because it wouldn't have been a, they, around then.
1: They wouldn't, yeah, they, they wouldn't have known. You know, at I, that I point, somebody, but I think it's kind of
2: like like historians tor- had to like decide like tornadoes,
1: whereas yeah. like how much damage is how like your F three yeah. or F four tornadoes. So that's pretty much I just what don't they think a met, like a Richter scale. They didn't have was like yeah, yeah, they didn't have the little needle with mm-hmm. the paper kind of
2: yeah. Thing. I think mm-hmm. that was later, like the invention of the actual scale,
1: which I think this earthquake helped put into place. Yeah. Um, the study of so the force. Okay, we already talked about real It also drowned the inhabitants of a uh, nearby indigenous village mm. so they really don't know like the extent of like death that mm-hmm. happened because it was in a somewhat rural place and there was personal stories that happened but you know there was no census so we don't know how many people were like there and how many people were displaced and then how many people just disappeared i mean and the died. westward
2: movement wasn't even that big then like there weren't that many people living west in the Mississippi. To be, Correct, right? except for Native Americans, right. because that was in the mid 18th.
1: Right. So during this, and I'm I'm thinking this may correlate with the February, like the really large earthquake. It created two temporary waterfalls in the Mississippi River. People discovered that most of the crevices that opened up during the earthquake ran from north to south. So. They began. They began to like chop down trees and lay them down east to west so that they could use them as bridges across these crevices. Missing, like we said, there were missing people all over the place who basically just got swallowed up by the earth, and nobody like ever knew that they were missing or that they were swallowed up. Some of the earthquakes, uh, fissures or uh, trenches that it created were as long as five miles.
2: Wow. So,
1: the circular sand mounds that Pierce talked about on his little island are seeing on the banks, they're actually called sand boils. And some of them were so large that they resembled small vo- uh, volcanoes, which is where he was talking about things flying up mm-hmm. into the air, right? So the world's largest sand boil was created by the New Madrid earthquake. It was 1.4 miles long. Huh. Holy shit. And 136 acres in extent. And it's located in the boot hill of Missouri, about eight miles west of Haiti, Missouri. And it's called by the locals, the beach. Hmm. Uh, the coal that Pierce um, was talking about uh, that he was seeing on the island that was like 15, 20 pounds is actually called seismic tarballs. So it wasn't oh. coal, but it was actually tarballs. And they're usually golf ball sized tar balls that are found in sand boils or fissures, and they're made of petroleum, or oh. right? that but it has been solidified or like petrified into like these little not hard nodules. So the coal that he kept seeing and things burning was because of these tar balls. Huh. Other weird things that happened during this time, people saw what's called earthquake lights. And these are called seismoluminescence. And it is when flashes of light appear from the ground. And it's most likely caused by the compression of quartz crystals under the earth being like mashed together, producing like these lights. Another weird thing that happened is that like the water that is ejected from like all of these like sand boils and things from the earth was reported to be like lukewarm and they speculated that the lukewarm water uh, was due to either being shake like heated from the shaking or the quartz lights heated it somehow hmm. and then there was the earthquake smog so skies turned so dark during the earthquake that you would light a lamp and it wouldn't help you see it was like basically you couldn't see like right in front of your face the air smelled really bad. There was like this phosphorus sma- uh, smell, mm. like yeah, sulfur and, and stuff, smelling, and it was very hard to breathe because of all the things that was like pushed into the atmosphere. And it was also speculated that the small was from all the dust and all all the crap that was, you know, from the eruptions of the sand boils and the warm water going into colder air. Because remember, this was still like December through February, mm. or actually December through March, when all of this happened. They said that the atmosphere just looked really strange, that there were, like, yellow and red clouds, and people reported that the sky was lit up with, like, this strange glow, which could happen also from, like, the the earthquake Mm -hmm. lights and stuff. And then loud thunder. So distant thunder and loud explosions accompanied the earthquakes, and every earthquake People have noticed um, before like really big earthquakes that animals' behavior started to change beforehand. Mm. They said that animals displayed like this nervousness and agitation right before the earthquake and domestic animals became like crazy wild, while wild animals became more docile. So it's like all your pets ran away, <laughs> but then you would have like a flock of ducks or geese <laughs> come and like be your best friends because <laughs> they were scared and it shook like all the snakes like emerged from hibernation oh, as well. i was just thinking before you even said
2: snakes how many people thought it was the the, coming,
1: the end of the, the world. second coming yeah right oh no for yeah, sure that, oh, yeah. i was like
2: are you getting into oh, that because oh, yeah. i bet people will, are about to
1: prophesy that that. we will get into that actually we're going to get like, into that in the after talk like heaven's I gotta...
2: gate stuff but mm-hmm. like there's visual proof here oh, yeah. oh yeah. my god this
1: is it mm-hmm. let's do it oh yeah and there if is time to go there <laughs> is like some indigenous uh people that had like prophesized beforehand this and we'll get into those stories yeah. That's cool. in the after talk so mm-hmm. y'all after talk dollars a month (laughs) Mm -hmm. become a patron hear all the cool stories that happen after the tales are told
0: i like that after the tales are told
1: after the tales are told and the drinks are drank the the drinks are drunk drinks are drank Ooh, this
2: one's
0: getting on my head. I know. me too. I'm slowing like down. Barley is just
2: staring. I know.
0: I'm I'm a little comatose over here. I feel I'm sorry. like
2: like she's just like, huh? No, I'm getting it. I'm digging it.
0: This is fascinating because I've never heard of any of this. I don't know. Really? I've never heard of fault? this. No, I've never heard of. any oh of this. Oh my god! No, this I'm is all brand new to so me.
1: No, I thought everybody knew
0: about this. Okay. No. Well, let's talk about the fault itself. The New
1: Madrid Fault extends approximately 120 miles southward from the area of Charleston, Missouri, and uh Cairo, Illinois, through New Madrid, which is in Missouri, and Cuthersville. Cuthers, Carruthersville? Carruthers, maybe. Carruthersville. Uh it follows along Interstate 55 to Blytheville and then Marktree, Arkansas. It crossed five state lines and cut across the Mississippi River in three places and the Ohio River in two places.
0: And that dude just happened to be and in he just one of those happens, places. He just <laughs> happened to be in one of those places right on the Mississippi.
1: So the New Madrid zone is poorly understood and studied because it really possesses some unique challenges. You can see the fault lines, like in California, you know where the fault line is. However, in the central U.S., the fault features are not really easy to see on the surface because they are covered by like 100 to 200 feet of soil. Mm. So the fault lines itself is like under all of this sand and clay dirt. The New Madrid is located near the center of the North uh, American plate, which is highly unusual. So it's an inner plate quake is what actually happened. So it's not where two plates are rubbing against each other, producing the earthquake is like in the middle of the the um plate itself huh. because of the shaking and the damaged areas are uh, because of this the shake and the damage of the areas were up to 20 times larger than similar west coast quakes huh. so if you don't have a fault line where it relieves that pressure and that right. energy it, the shaking is going to be felt wider and for longer than if like it has that area to release all of that, that energy sense, and pre- though. Mm-hmm. pressure like, yeah
2: yeah it takes more for it to actually break, but when there's a fault line it gives mm-hmm. right
1: right so in uh the area uh of strong of the strongest shaking was approximately 10 times that of the great 1906 san francisco earthquake
0: oh my god 10 yeah. times Ten yeah. times what? More. Ten times
1: more. Like the shaking I d- yeah. was,
2: was more I wonder, devastating. Because that's what I was trying to compare it to because that's a similar time. Well, I know it's 100 years, but still.
1: Right. Well, it says the two uh, of the most lethal earthquakes in recorded history were intraplate earthquakes, both in China in 1556 and uh, the providence of Shaanxi. And they like these were highly populated areas. So it buried at least 830,000 people <gasps> oh at goodness. that time. And oh. then there was another magnitude 7.7 7 earthquake uh, that was also an interplate earthquake in 1976 in um, the China, Chinese city of Tangshan, where it estimated the death toll was as high as 650,000 people. Yeah, so those those happened in like high. So if if this if there were more people, more in mis- people in that, part, in that yeah. area, like our death toll God. would have been ex- like extremely high. But it
2: was very like sparse populated, then. right?
1: So the timing of this quake, you can't really predict when earthquakes are going to happen. But scientists estimate that the average interval between the magnitude seven quakes or greater is approximately about five hundred years. And the reason they know this is because they've looked back at Recorded History, and they found like around 900 A.D. there was um, evidence of shaking. And again, in 1450 A.D., um, another, you know, 500 or so years later, that there was like another huge earthquake in this mid-U.S. area. Two of the strongest of the most recent quakes since then have been like magnitude 6 uh, that happened January 4th, 1843 centered near March Tree, Arkansas. And then there was another magnitude 6.6 on Halloween of 1895, centered near Charleston, Missouri. All of this to say that the New Madrid fault line is no joke. Mm -hmm. And luckily, we still have like maybe another... 400 or so years thinking. before, like, a big thing. But the thing about it is, 22,
2: 23.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. the thing about it is, is that, you know, there's still tremors in the area. And I remember, like, hearing of tremors every once in a while in that area, but nothing as big as that. But that area is, has, like, Memphis, mm-hmm. like, you know, St. Louis, all of the things that are near around that area. There's are so many people living now that if we were to have another huge like seven to eight point earthquake that it would devastate people. Mm. So that said, um yeah. Yikes. Then this is something I always think about too when we go like cave, like we do the little cave tours underground like in Tennessee. Mm-hmm thinking that there definitely could be an earthquake that happens and things fall and you'd be trapped. That's like, my wow, personal... that got
0: dark real fast. Yeah, that's my, that's my <laughs> personal
1: like fear when I go on those things. It's like, see, Rock City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, yes. So that is the personal account of the new Madrid Falls by uh, William Lee Pierce. And I have two more accounts for the after talk that has to deal with the prophecies and the first riverboat ever steamboat to go down the Mississippi, kind of like the Titanic. Oh Um, God! uh, And happened to be during this time of the earthquake. So again, stay tuned. Stay tuned. After talk. Yeah, three dollars. That was great. (laughs) That was really good. You're all the great things. So thank y'all so much for listening. We appreciate you so much. And laissez-le-bon-ton le bon roulette! Roulette. roulette Oh
2: my god
1: Bye y'all Bye,
0: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my